It's good to be back home. <laughs> Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. There is no place like home. Particularly when you have a family like this. I missed the church of God. But I thank you. I was always often online. Praise the Lord. And I want to say well done to as many as have continued to remain at their duty posts. The Lord will surely bless you. You are not doing it for any man. You are doing it for God. Please continue to be strengthened. Especially as we enter this season of festivities where we are expecting a great harvest of the Lord. Did I hear your amen? amen. And remind yourself that God wants you to be a partaker in this mighty blessing. And what do I mean? I am talking of harvest of souls. Invitation counseling, follow up, because God is going to bless us mightily. Amen. Shall we please bow down our heads as we take this song and I pray. We bless you. We bless you. Oh Lord, we bless you. We bless you, oh Lord, in my life, Lord, we see what you're doing one more time, Lord, and we lift our voice in praise of your name. Lord, we bless you. Daily we see what you are doing in our lives. In our lives as families. And in our lives as a church. Thank you. When we listen, oh God, to just some of the testimonies you've done for us at the vigil. Lord, Many of us opened our mouth, we could not close it because you have been good to us. Too good for us to even remember your goodness in our life. Accept our worship this morning. Accept our gratitude. We only ask, oh God, that your goodness that never runs dry, your goodness that is always after us will continue to be our portion. Therefore, Lord, as we are gathered, we are gathered as your children. Thank you because we believe and we know it. Because you have been here. You have inhabited the praises of your children. Lord, please speak to us. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. As you speak, 
Let it meet each and every one at his point of need. Let the Holy Spirit take your, the words that come through me, Lord, by your grace and expand it to your hearers. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to thank you, sir, senior pastor, for your love and your support for me and my family. And it's by that that I'm able to be here this morning to speak to us. Thank you very much, sir, senior pastor. And I don't take for granted the fact that God has given me an opportunity to speak to us. Our topic this morning is your expectations can be exceeded. We're not going to bother reading our text for now, but let's, we will move on. In John chapter 9 verse 4, Jesus said, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. And in John chapter 10, verse 90, it says, I and the Father are one. Can we please project John chapter 14, verse 10 to verse 12? Well, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. From John chapter 14, verse 10 to verse 12. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else, believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Verse 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than this he will do, because I go to my Father. So Jesus has been doing works ever since. He's been walking the works of his Father that have been blessings to us. And from there, he was able to do it and successfully right through to the end because he was in the Father and he is still in the Father. Therefore, those of us who are in him and he in us, we will do greater works. That's what the word tells us. Therefore, the message this morning, I will not be able to cover just that verse. They are just divided into two. The works of blessing that have exceeded expectations in our lives. We are going to review it. The works that Jesus has been doing. The works that God has been doing. In the midst of the people he has often known as his children. And then secondly, we just look at ourselves. What does God require of us? I want to let us know that times without number, most, most of us, I won't say all of us, we think ordinary. But God thinks extraordinary. We think, let me have enough to go by the day. 
just to sustain me. Or, like some of us who normally say, let my people go. But God thinks of abundance for you. May that abundance be your portion in Jesus' name. We think, let me just pass my examinations. But God thinks of distinction for you. When you are thinking, Lord, let me just stand out. God says, no, I want you to be outstanding. That's the God that we ask, we serve. We are asking for the possible. But God wants to do the impossible in your life. And that's why I refer to the testimonies we shared in the vigil. Impossible things were happening and people were giving feedback reports over, over the course of the year thus far. So God specializes in exceeding our expectation. And what he has in store for you is by far bigger, more rewarding, more fulfilling that, than you and I can ever imagine. So let's look at that. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, which our senior pastor and our reverend had dwelt upon in the last two Sundays before the convention. We can see that which is also our theme. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And I believe this is going to be a year where God exceeds your expectation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, what's the theme for the year? Divine multiplication. Please don't forget it. It's when you hold on to something, you can get back to God. Father, this is our theme. And while I was preparing the message, I now remember that, oh, it is not by accident that through the servant of God, we have our theme as exceeding, exceeding, exceeding expectation, which rhymes so well with the pronouncement of our general overseer that God has given you and I rest on every side. You have to hold on. So that you can continue to enjoy that rest. And you hold on with divine expectation. I want to let you know that he's going to do. He's not going to do. God is not necessarily going to do what you ask for. He's going to do far more than you can ask for. He's going to open doors that you never dreamed would be open to you. He's going to take you further than you can ever imagine. He will take you further spiritually. He will take you further financially. He will take you further physically. Health-wise, he will take you further. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to believe that while I was preparing the message, the Lord said, come here and pronounce blessings on my people. We still have... A few days to go to the end of the year. And the Lord is here to go beyond your expectations. This is what happened to a man in Acts chapter 3. I know we had talked about it. He had been crippled his whole life. <laughs> when our God wants to do something. And every day, his family will carry him and place him 
in front of the door. Every day, he was said to have lived as at that time, he was already 40 years old. Can you imagine what it is? You are 40 years old. I think they say life begins at 40. Abi, is that what I hear? Or is it 50? Eh? Oh, at 70. Oh. <laughs> so he still has a lot to go there. I thought the Lord truly identified him and said 40. When others in Nigeria would have been well educated, we have gotten our PhDs. You are just ready to step into life. He was still there at the door begging. Ha! At the door begging. And here he was. People will come in, they will drop something for him. People will come in, he will hold his bowl or his bag, whatever it is. He will hold it onto them and they will drop something. But when the time of exceeding expectation came, the Bible says, Peter, who were those? Peter and John, they came to the temple. The men went through the same motion. They asked for Peter. They asked John, please give me something. Please let me have food to eat. Please drop something for me. And Peter said, fix your gaze upon me. And as he fixed his gaze upon them, what do you expect? He expected coins. These days, if you drop coins... They will tune you back with their coins. He expected. He expected. And then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. You have suffered enough for 40 years. The Lord is about to do something far more wonderful. And the Bible says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I don't know what has crippled you. I say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what has crippled you or your life. I don't know what it is. To you, you may have accepted the fact. The crippled man had accepted the fact. The family had accepted the fact. They placed him at his supposedly duty post to beg. You are not beggars. You are children of the living God. You are rightful owner. I say, those of you who have been crippled, whatever it is in your life, I say, rise up and walk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. What is it that is beyond God? If the servants of God could do it, can you imagine what God will do when God pronounces for you? Peter went ahead. He did not just say it. it the Bible says that Peter went. He took him by the hand and pulled him up instantly. He was healed. He was healed. He started walking. He was so excited. I imagine he took off running. He didn't even walk. He didn't even try to see whether he could walk. He started running. He was sleeping. The Bible says he was sleeping and he was praising God. As you rise up from those 40, whatever has crippled you, you will rise up, you will give thanks, and you will praise the Lord. My God does things that exceed expectations. I imagine if they had just given the man the usual coins, what do you expect them, uh, the man to have said? If Peter and John had given the coin, what? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God exceeded 
Hit the expectation. Your time has come. Ah, I say your time has come. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can imagine he was saying, I never imagined I could ever walk in my life. I mean, walk. The walking that many of us take for granted. You know? The breathing of air that many of us take for granted. Ah, we owe too much to God. We can never thank him enough. We too much. We owe too much to God. Breathing. Do you know, I walk in the hospital by the grace of God. There are some people who cannot breathe. And we have to force them to breathe because we know that life is getting out of them in a few seconds. But here you are. We breathe freely. <sighs> Hallelujah. He, the man had low expectation. Even though all he was expecting was just if you, God didn't say too bad. I have something much better for you. God just said so. I have something much better. God also didn't say, if you have great faith, all God demands of us, faith like what? Mustard seed. And we, I know we all know by now that mustard seed is about the smallest seed available. If you have faith like that. He didn't say you should have great faith. It's just small faith. But there are times God goes, even when you don't have faith, God goes beyond you, over you, over and above you, and does his expectation far beyond what you can think. May that be your portion as he encourages you to go on with faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The man didn't have faith. Even his focus was something else. When the people in the temple saw the crippled man walking, Running, thanking God. They couldn't believe it. The scripture says they were astonished. Naturally. Uh -uh. Somebody is at the gate. I gave him cover now. And then all of a sudden, I'm not talking of uh, these days where people hide their legs and say they are crippled. You know, I've seen some films where I honestly thought the person was crippled. Only for them, when they showed the film, they say, where they did it? I really believed he was crippled. When he stretched his legs and then counted the money he collected for the day he left. <laughs> May that never be our portion. They were astonished. That's how people will be astonished in your lives. As God opens door that you never thought would be open to you, people will see you and will be astonished in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I never knew. I never knew he will honor me this way. I never knew he will honor me this way. Favor me this way. So thank you, Jesus. Favor and honor are coming your way. And the Lord will favor and honor you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
So God is telling us, he's about to show us favor in ways we have never seen before. Show us favor. Please believe it. Please take it home with you. Let it enter into you. Ah, this is what happened to a woman. And this is one of the early scriptures that I used to know. We will not bother looking at it. And the scripture is from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 to 37, and chapter 8, verse 1 to 6. And it has to do with the woman of Shunem, the Shunemite woman. Until I read the scripture, all I knew was the Shunemite woman. And the Bible says that he lo she loved Elijah. As a background, this woman was wealthy. Supposedly, this woman had all she needed. To the extent that Elisha said, do I speak to the king about you? Say, ah, I don't need speaking to the king. Do I speak to the rulers? I don't need it. She was so connected, she had it. I guess the woman had accepted her fate. I have all I need. But the Bible says that even when Elisha asked, what do I ask for you from God? Only for Elisha's servant Gehazi to say, the woman has no child. Mm. When she said nothing, it's like she has accepted her fate. The Bible says, Elisha now prayed and declared, standing on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. That's why I love choir. Thank you so much. Our leader, thank you so much. All I'm saying is, all we are saying is, even if you yourself as a person, you are not saying Jesus, I can change it to we. So say it for me. All we are saying is, that's our banner, that's our life, that's our totality. And Elisha said, by this time next year. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You will have a child. I don't know what it is you have accepted that this is my fate. You are okay. You are just serving God, waiting. Yes, it's okay. You will... You have come across an Elisha in this assembly. And the Lord says, by this time next year, you will have a child. Amen. You know, when I was preparing this message, I said, Lord, just bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. He said, yes, just go on, go ahead. And I was just blessing the Lord I was, I was with the congregation, but I was personally blessing the Lord. Father, the message you are giving me is being revealed indeed. Look at the worship. Look at the words of his servant who led us. Look at everything coming together. I say, I don't know what it is. By this time next year, you will have a child in the name of Jesus. You will have a child. 
I don't have time to go through the rest. I, I will quickly have to, you know, I will quickly have to jump some things. Definitely this was what she wanted. She wanted it badly. But she had come to accept that that is her fate. No. Nothing is over until it's over. Nothing is over as long as you are with the Lord. Except what you have decided to owe. That is your blessing. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. And I thank God that exactly a year after the woman was carrying her child. That is the Lord that we serve. Oh, you can even say, I just want to say a word. Even though our senior pastor dwelt on it so well. You know? Ah, Lord, does that mean that God has given up on me? You know, we have this Hannah. Ah, it's like God had given up on her, but she would not give up. She would not give up before the Lord. She even cried unto the husband, give me a child. And like our senior pastor beautifully analyzed for us. Well, we, are, we now know that God gave Samuel to Hannah. Am I correct? And Hannah fulfilled her vow. The only child. Some people will say it's not, it's not as bad as uh, Abraham, Abraham's own. Like our senior pastor analyzed. The only child. Go and sacrifice it. Now the only child. Anna. What did Hannah do? Give it to the Lord in fulfillment of that vow. But that's not where I'm going. Where I'm going is the fact that I personally, I want to believe. Why did God bless Hannah so much thereafter? I hope you know that thereafter, Hannah had sons and, and daughters. He asked for only one. God exceeded her expectation. That's for only one. Only one child. You know, before she had that child, the Bible says that her mate was taunting her. Ha! Do you know that for a woman, I don't know how men feel, but I, be, I want to believe that men, well, we can pretend we don't, no problem. We can say no problem. But do you know how women feel that they have not fulfilled their purpose? And then for somebody who is close to you, who is supposed to understand to taunt you, to make fun of you, to ridicule you. There is nowhere in the Bible I read and went through it that Hannah replied her, her mate. Did Hannah reply her mate? She never. Instead, she cried unto. And I believe that because of that, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God was not even going to talk about vengeance because even if he avenged, has Hannah gotten what she wanted? No. But God went beyond vengeance and blessed Hannah. That will be your portion. As you keep your mouth shut and focused on the Lord and the Lord alone, requiring that it is this God that will serve you. For this God Forever, ever, he will be our God from now, for now.
everybody is a God unto you. Our God is our God. Cry unto him. Tell him, Lord, I need this. And God will exceed your expectation. Like I said, we cannot go through it all. But now, let's go to something. So what, what, what do we do there for? What, what, is, what, what do we do? Is it just that we just sit down? God, God just exceeding our expectation, left, right, and center. Now, let's go on to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Our time is far spent. So... And I'm grateful to God for the opportunity. Verse 17, he says, Matthew chapter 5, starting from verse 17, he says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to do what? Fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of this commandment and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness, unless my righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. I think for now, let's just stop there. Let me just give one or two introductions to get to where we are going. There are some people, please don't listen to them. I know you are members by the grace of God of this wonderful assembly that God has given us. But there are, do you know that there are some so-called Christians who no longer read or believe in the Old Testament. Do you know that? They said, oh, Jesus has come, so it's only the New Testament. Please, don't, don't believe them. Read the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God's word. And it's profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's the whole Bible, the word of God. Now, let's go on. So, we can derive from there. That's why the Bible says, in verse 18, it says, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot will not. Even went ahead us. One tittle. Tittle is like a stroke or a dot. I think it's from Greek or Hebrew. One of that. Not even dot will go away unfulfilled. No. None. In verse 19, it says, now, listen to verse 19. Whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great. Thank you very much for that alert person. He shall be called great. Notice that in, in, in those days, we, we used to call, maybe in secondary school, I can't remember. I didn't go to teach, uh, teacher training college, but I used to hear principles and, and practice. Principi and P. But here, God says, practice and principles. Whoever does and before teaching, you do what you have been told. You do what the scripture says. You do what you know God desires of you. 
Then you instruct others. Then you teach others. Then you disciple others. Then you preach the word. Praise the Lord. The Pharisees at that time was listen to my words, but they don't do. That's why they had flowing robes that people recognize. Ah, that's a Pharisee coming. May, you ne- may we never be Pharisees. No wonder Jesus says, your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees and of the scribes. Ah, and what is it? When you are talking about that, in Matthew chapter 23, don't bother opening to it, verse 37 to 40, it says, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great one. The second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Now, why did I bring this? The Pharisees and the scribes depended so much on the law. In fact, it was unthinkable that anybody could come in the name of doing anything about the law that Moses had given to them. It was the passport to heaven. You can't remove anything from the law. Everything must be done according to the law. So they went just trying to fulfill the law. I know we have many... The law... You know what it means, law? They were, do not do this. It's beyond the 12 commandments. Do not do that. Do not murder. Do not commit sin. Do not lie. You know, you understand what I mean. Those were the laws. And the Bible says that as at that time, the laws they had was 613. Maybe, uh, maybe Sister Lola, they will tell us how many laws we have in Nigeria now. I'm sure there are thousands. There are thousands of laws because anytime somebody pro- wants to propose somebody something in the Senate to strengthen it, they say, we already have law to cover it. I say, ha, there are so many laws in Nigeria. I'm sure there are thousands. 419 is there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we have many laws. Can you imagine? Every day you carry your book. Lord, let me see the law I offended in yesterday. Maybe you start thinking, if you are even honest with yourself, or you'll be thinking the, thinking the laws, you want to lie, no. But Jesus says, your righteousness, my righteousness, must exceed that of the Pharisees. What does it mean? We're not keeping the law. We're not keeping the law. Does it mean we should discard the law? Definitely not. We'll talk on it in a moment. My time is up. But, as believers, we have no need to fear breaking the law of God. We only need to remember to love the Lord with what? All our heart, all our soul, all our mind. And your neighbor as yourself. When you do this, you have covered the whole of the law. Some of us, we love only ourselves. Me, myself, and I. Love the Lord with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that truly, you, have, you are not breaking the law. So, as we move towards ending it up, let's just look at an example of what, what it means in terms of just uh, talking about that. 
In verse 21, it says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, You fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Jesus showed, one, a lot of understanding, two, a lot of authority in making these pronouncements. Because the Pharisees who were the rulers, and in the Sanhedrin, which was called the council, they had authority to condemn people to death by the way they see it when they are charged to, when you are charged to the council. But Jesus came and said, no. It's not just the law. The law is good, but you must go above the law. He was like telling them, look, don't be like your rulers, the Pharisees. No. You must go above them. You must exceed expectation. The expectation was to keep the law, but you must go above, above that and exceed expectation. May that be our portion in Jesus' name. And that is why when Jesus was analyzed, he said, look, they said you should not murder. Murder is bad. I think we all agree when you murder anybody is bad. Am I correct? But Jesus says, look, look, is the heart. God is first of all looking at, did you murder somebody in your heart? You know there are some people, you have already killed them before you see them. You have planned the destruction. I don't know about law, but I think I had my, our senior pastor one day talking that, in fact, what is the motive what is the motive? God is looking at your motive. And that's why when you are uh, driving a car and you kill somebody on the road, did you plan it? No. You don't plan cleaning. So you may have driven carelessly. And that's why they say in law, they call it, is it culpable homicide? I don't know what they call it. Not punishable by death. But the other one where you went to his house, you plan and kill the person inside, that is murder. You planned it. It was in your heart. And you executed the two offenses. Jesus says no. Murder is bad. That's what the Pharisees deal with. But God even looks starting from the heart. From out of the heart, evil desires come out from. When you go to the book of James, chapter 1, you go to it, I think, verse 12. Yes, from verse 12. It says, it tells us that Sin comes out of having planned it in the heart. Please read it because that is where uh, that is where I can't go far much there. Okay, the apostle said, "Bless the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life." Mother spews from there. That's where your desire, evil desires. That's where it starts from. Desire opens the door for the devil to entice us. And the succession flows from desire to temptation, then to full execution. God says, guard your heart. Brethren, let's flood our heart with the word of God. Amen. Let's flood our heart so that we will not be like the Pharisee. God wants you to exceed expectation. I I am not going to talk about all that you need. I wish you were here on, uh, on the vigil. Please, I'm pleading with you. Do your best. Leave sleep and come for vigil. Evil, come and sleep here. 
Yes. Let the word be hitting you. Let it just let it just envelope you. Be sleeping. It's good to be a division. In the beginning, we had everybody was like afresh. We were filled by the Holy Ghost. Apart from the fact that our beloved sister who led us, showed us just from the book of Genesis alone where darkness separates from light. Oh, you missed if you were not there. Oh, I wish God can take the little he gave me just to bless you. Praise the Lord. So what am I saying? What did Jesus, what was Jesus telling us? What did he say about the law? The law will always be important. It is important. In Romans 7, 7, Paul said, I will not have known sin except through the law. Without the law, we not know right from wrong. But the most important function of the law is that it brings us into an awareness of sin. That we know we are sin. Allowing us to know the fact that in Romans 3, chapter 3, it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's from the law. So the law has its role. It's just that God wants us to go above that and don't be like the Pharisees. That's why. It is from that we know We've all been angry with our brother. I don't think there's anybody here who has not been angry. You have called somebody stupid, but you see, what God is saying is that that anger is not something that lasts. There is anger of correction. You correct and you leave it. Not anger that leads to terrible things, planning how you will deal with that person. Vengeance is mine. Leave it for the Lord, whatever the person has done for you. That's, is that anger that anger that lasts, that anger that persists, that God says should not be mentioned and should not be with us at all. That's it. That's the anger that leads to death. In fact, when you read the scripture, it talks about Gehenna. Gehenna, Gehenna is hell. And Gehenna was a place outside the Israelite settlement at that time where all sorts of rotting things, animals, they don't, they don't bury human beings there, but they will throw criminals who are dead, they will throw them there. So when you are going near there, from a long distance, you close your nose because, and, and it is said that fire is forever burning in that place. So when, when you read the Bible, depending on the version, and you see Gehenna, it talks about hell. That place was referred to as hell. It said, those who are angry, who have that persistent anger, who have dangerous anger, they are for Gehenna, they are for hell. That's why the Bible says, no, don't be angry. Go beyond. Exceed expectation. Go above the Pharisees. Don't say you fool. Fool that leads to destruction. Not the ordinary word that we use. Don't say moros, moron. No, no. Don't say moron. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Now continue what we're saying in terms of the law so that I can conclude. Paul said the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. When you realize, I have broken the law, how can I get through this law? Then you will realize you will need a Savior. And that's my, that's my appeal to as many as are here this day. We have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You cannot escape that law by yourself. You need a Savior. 
And that Savior is Jesus Christ. Is that Savior that says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Brethren, I conclude. That God has blessings for us far, far above expectations. He's waiting for us to receive it. But you may be blessed. There are times even without your faith, God goes beyond you and reaches you with the blessing. But as with that blessing, God calls us to a life of righteousness. Righteousness that exceeds that of the Pharisees. Shall we bow down our heads to pray? Please. The most important message God has given me is not even the blessing of you will receive this. That one is for the earth. But what about life beyond the earth? You want to receive Jesus. You want to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and forsake your ways. You want to forsake those old behavior of anger, terrible, murder, whatever it is, even telling lies, deceit. God is calling you, come unto me and I will give you rest. Rest on every side. If you want to surrender your life to Christ, please, on the day of judgment, it's one before the Lord. You are not going with your wife. You are not going with your husband. You are not going with your children. Raise up your hand where you are so that I can quickly pray with you. And even the pastors will pray with you. You want to surrender your life, whether you are in the hall here, or you are in the pinion hall, downstairs, or by the grace of God, you are online, worshipping with us this day. I want to thank you so much for joining. You want to surrender your life to Christ. Some message will soon appear on your set. Go according to the instruction. Type in forgiven and send it to the number that will be displayed on your screen set. Please, but if you are here, I want to pray with you. Quickly, you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ? Can you raise your hand? Wherever you are, is there anybody here you want to surrender your life to Jesus? The Jesus who blesses us day and night. The Jesus who pronounces blessing. The Jesus who promises us life everlasting. The Jesus who says you should for forsake wicked ways and come over to me. I will grant you that power to live the life of righteousness. I quickly want to pray. Anybody here? Is there anyone? Raise your hand wherever you are. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We glorify your holy name, O oh God. Thank you for your word to us. I do not know somebody may be online who has decided that this is the day of salvation for him. Lord, if there is such a one, you, the Holy Ghost has caused that person to take that step of faith. I commend that person unto you. That Lord, as he moves ahead, Father, you will teach him yourself. You will forgive him his sin. You will cleanse him of every unrighteousness and make him your child. That his name will be written in the book of life. 
Thank you, precious Father, for all the blessings you've blessed us with this day. Father, we have received with thanksgiving. We only pray that it will help us in our walk with you. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' name we pray.